Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to the Ulama Profile this Thursday evening the 9th of February. The Ulama Profile on a weekly basis probably for the nine, last nine years has been profiling Ulama as an individual person, as a person that had passed away serving in his individual capacity. But today we begin a project, we embark on a journey, we explain and acknowledge and we profile ulama as an organization and we begin our journey of 2023 from here, which is truly something which is amazingly significant. Really, I am humbled to be part of this particular journey and this amazing and august institute that we are involved in called the Jamiatul Ulama. This year marks 10 years since the Jamiatul Ulama, sorry, this year marks a hundred years that the Jamiatul Ulama is in existence. And we start off what you would call a centenary year. And in the centenary year, we have so much that is planned. We have so much that has been arranged that we will be going through. We will be embarking on this project. Every individual, every person that played a part is truly one of the great blessings of Allah on the organization as well as the Ummat at large. And there are two particular individuals that we want to pay special tribute to. But as the program goes along, we will do that insha'Allah ta'ala. We have on the line now with us, Morana Ibrahim Bam. Both the lines seem to have cut this evening. Insha'Allah, we will try again and we will get both of them on air. But as we are doing that, the two individuals that I want to play tribute to this evening, one is Hazrat Mulana Abbas China and the other is Hazrat Mulana Ayub Kachwi. Two amazing individuals for unique reasons. Mulana Abbas has been at the helm of affairs at the Jamiatul Ulama for the last 30 years. For the last 30 years, Marana has been at the helm of affairs of the Jamiatul Ulama as the Amir. But Marana has been part of the organization for the last 68 years. And that is how amazing Marana's service to the organization is. And the second is Marana Ayub Sabkachwi, who has been at the helm of affairs for the Jamiatul Ulama in the Talimi section for many, many decades. And it is the service and it is the milestone of these two individuals that really fortify the organization Jamiatul Ulama. We have on the line now with us Marana Yusuf Patel. Marana, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Inshallah we will try again to get Marana Yusuf on the line. I'm not sure what's happening this evening, but it is surely uh, some issue with regards to probably the load shedding that is there. So we're trying to get all the Moranas on the line, but it's just been so challenging. So we're going to try, inshallah, and get them on the line so that we embark on that. So the two of them that we were speaking about is Morana Yubkachwi and Morana Abbas China. Another two people that we want to acknowledge today, one is Morana Yusuf Sabmonia and Morana, uh, Morana Yusuf Monia and also with Morana Musa Miasab Rahmdamad Barakatum. Both of these ulama that have been with the Jamiatul Ulama almost from their return from studies in India and Pakistan where they had spent time with great scholars there and because of that once they had returned they experienced the way they 
were learned from their seniors the knowledge that they had gained they had brought it back to South Africa and had been serving at different positions in the Jamiatul Ulama both of them serve at the highest position at the moment along with Marana Yubsab and Marana Abbasab Damad Barakatuhumul Aliyah so these are some of the aspects that we're going to be touching on during the year. So for now we call Morana Ibrahim Bam. Morana, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and assalamu alaikum to all the listeners of Radio Islam. Morana, today when we started the program, this kind of lump in the throat and, and this different emotion because it's, it's such a unique experience. Before we go into it, just what the top on the top of your head regarding uh, the centenary of the Jamiatul Ulama? Morana, the, the first thing I would like to say is this, that we like to thank Allah Ta'ala for the blessedness that Allah Ta'ala has kept an organization which has served the Ummah for such a long period of time. hundred years is no ordinary feat. To be able to be in existence for hundred years is only the fuzzle and grace of the Almighty. And it is a tremendous achievement and is an honor. More so for the great ulama who have served the, the Jamiat and have served the Ummah, who have served the community via the Jamiat al-Ulama for such a long period of time. It is a unique, it's a very, very unique type of, um, uh, it's a very unique type of service. It's a very unique type of uh, situation to be 100 years in existence. Then we thank Allah for that. Obviously, in, in many ways, it is emotional. And we hope that, inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept it. And uh, obviously, we don't want to be saying that it stops here. Many, many a times, there are situations in history where the organizations which reach a milestone, and after reaching the milestone, uh, you do find a certain degree of lax after that milestone. We hope that this particular milestone becomes a catalyst and becomes an inspiration and a motivation to be able to achieve even more with the grace and fuzzle of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have on the line with us Morana Yusuf Patel. Morana serves as the secretary of UQSA as well as an executive member of the Jamiatul Ulama. Morana, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Morana, the Jamiatul Ulama has reached a very significant milestones. It's reached a hundred years of his existence. Uh, this program now serving as an introduction to the launch of the centenary. Uh, tell us the wisdom of the centenary program, an important milestone that it reached. What does it mean for the organization as such? Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. It is only through the grace, fadl, and karam of Allah that the Jamiatul Ulama, which was formerly known as Transvaal and now known as Jamiatul Ulama South Africa, has reached a hundred years since its birth way back in 1923. Every organization has its own unique story. But unlike a 10 or 20th year anniversary, a 100th anniversary will not have the founding fathers present to tell the story of the organization. So the centenary is meant to recount the journey of a hundred years 
by walking back into the corridors of history. The Jamiat al-Ulama may well be one of the oldest Muslim organizations in South Africa. It is certainly the oldest ulama formation in South Africa. So this centenary is meant to amplify the legacy of the founding fathers. It presents an ideal opportunity to map out its journey of a hundred years. So the DUSA centenary program, which will unfold uh, with various events during the course of the year, has, in my view, six objectives. One, it provides an opportunity to all those associated with JUSA or with the Jamiat to praise Allah, to glorify Allah and seek His forgiveness. فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ وَاسْتَغْفِرْ It is an occasion where all those that are associated with the Jamiatul Ulama need to express their profound gratitude to Allah and to seek His forgiveness for the many, very, very many lapses during the course of our journey. So the first objective of the centenary is that it provides an opportunity to glorify Allah, praise Allah, to reflect on our shortcomings and seek the forgiveness of Allah. The second objective of the centenary is that it affords us the opportunity to learn about the founding fathers of this organization. Who were they? What were the circumstances under which they established the Jamiatul Ulama? Why did they establish the Jamiatul Ulama? This knowledge is critical because, you know, there's a famous saying that reads, a people without the knowledge of their past history, origin, and culture is like a tree without roots. So the centenary program, the 100-year program of the Jamiat is meant to solidify, give us roots uh, by connecting ourselves to, the ourselves to the legacy of the founding fathers. Number three, it is meant to reflect on the origins of the organization, its growth. It provides an opportunity for collective organizational introspection. We have to look inside. We have to see where are our shortcomings, where are our weaknesses, how do we remedy them, how do we improve our, on our output. So it's uh, the third objective of the centenary is introspection, to look within and see uh, 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 and honestly assess our weaknesses and shortcomings. Number four, it is to appreciate and acknowledge the resilience and the legacy of the organization. Remember, in order to reach a hundred years, the Jamiat al-Ulama has lived through World War II. It has lived through the Cold War, the Vietnam War, the Great Depression, the global pandemic. 
And this reflects the resilience of the uh, organization. So the, long, uh, uh, you know, the, the strength of the organization uh, lies or is derived from the ikhlas of its founda- fa- founding fathers. And so it is an acknowledgement, it is to acknowledge uh, and appreciate that this, uh, the Jamiatul Lama has come a long way, a hundred years is a long, long journey, and it has passed the various highs and lows. The first objective, and what, uh, you know, is this centenary, this uh, program, the centenary program, is to foster a culture of community, a culture of belonging at a time when we can so easily feel disconnected from one another. It is important to acknowledge and recognize that it is the larger membership of the Jamiatul Ulama, the entire staff complement over these years, the donors, the well-wishers who contribute in different, different ways to the success of this organization. So it's to bring about a culture of, uh, you know, com- uh, a, a culture of community, a culture of belonging. And the sixth objective is that we use this occasion after a hundred years to plan for the future. It may sound strange to use the hundredth anniversary to focus on the future. Our ability to navigate the future requires us to seamlessly connect with our past. It's a delicate balancing act. If you're too focused on the past, you become irrelevant in society. And if you are only obsessed with the future, then the significance of the anniversary becomes pointless. So in short, the centenary is meant to show how far we've come and where we need to be going. so much for that, Morana. We ask now Morana Ibrahim Bam to take us a hundred years back. Allah Ta'ala knows what would have been the situation at that time, the conditions. Uh, but what would have been, Morana, a question to you, a vision of the founding father of, of the founding fathers of the Jamiatul Ulama? What would be the primary reason for them to want to start an organization in the bottom of Africa at a time where conditions were very different from today? Yes, very interestingly, in 1923, the Jamiatul Ulama, then known as Jamiatul Ulama Transvaal, was established. And now, they normally at that particular time, we know that society was not in some ways as evolved as what it is now. There was no social media. I can, I can for example, uh, understand and feel that when we came back from studies in the, in the early 80s, uh, there was only landlines. It was very difficult to communicate. Communication was not as uh, effective or as fast as what it is now. That was now, say, 20, 30 years back or 40 years back. Can you imagine what the situation would have been in 1923? However, what, what does seem to be uh, an inspiration and motivation was the Jamiatul Ulama Hind was established in 1919. And what, what we find is that it, it inspired and motivated and became a catalyst 
for the formation of ulama bodies in different parts of the world in a similar time. I was recently in Sri Lanka where, from the Hijri point of view, they commemorated the 100 years of the establishment of the old Ceylon Jamiatul Ulama, which was established maybe perhaps in 1924, 25, 26, around about that time. Uh, several years back in, in the United Kingdom, the Bangladesh community, who were very close to the Jamiatul Ulama Hind, they commemorated the 100 years of uh, the Jamiatul Ulama Hind, of which I also uh, played a part in that particular program. Now, it seems that maybe it wasn't as a branch of the Jamiatul Ulama Hind per se, but the people who were the founding fathers, the founding ulama of the Jamiatul Ulama Transvaal in 1923, were people who studied with the founding fathers of Jamiatul Ulama Hind. So when we look at the names of those ulama who were the founding fathers and the founding ulama of Jamiatul Ulama Transvaal, they were perhaps colleagues or students of the ulama who were from the Jamiatul Ulama Hind. So it seemed that although there was not a formal type of association, the formation of the Jamiatul Ulama Hind in 1919 played a role to become an inspiration and a motivation uh, to start off the Jamiatul Ulama Transvaal. Initially, there was not that amount of documentation, or perhaps the services were not as regulated and as active as it became later on. There were some phases. 1923 was definitely the formation. 1935, as I will just go on to explain a little bit later on, uh, in 1935, there was a revitalization and a revival of the Jamiatul Ulama Transvaal because of very senior ulama who started taking an active part in the Jamiatul Ulama Transvaal. And then, amazingly, in 1953, was the first constitution uh, which is recorded of the Jamiatul Ulama. So initially, while it was there as an organization, and it was there to provide religious guidance for the Muslims at that time, uh, and to unify the Muslim voice, uh, we find that 1935 was a time in which uh, there was a reviving of uh, the Jamiat, which became more active. And in 1953, it became a little bit more formal then the initial stages where work was done, but it was done more informally. Monana Yusuf Saab, we, we're saying the centenary year, we're saying that there's so much of activities that the organization was involved in, and alhamdulillah, with the grace of Allah, persist, and we ask Allah to perpetuate the services of the organization. But what would be some of the things that the Jamiat would have planned for this particular centenary year? Uh, rahim I think there are several events planned uh, for the year 2023. A lot, of, a lot of time has been invested to ensure that we are able to uh, adequately, uh, you know, commemorate uh, the centenary uh, to pay tribute to. Uh, all the ulama who were uh, associated with the Jamiat in the past. So, the, firstly, there'll be regular posts on social media highlighting the history and uh, the various milestones 
uh, of Jamiatul Ulama, the high, both the highs and the lows. So uh, the second planned event is that, like this program on Radio Islam, there will be regular uh, panel discussions on Radio Islam that will focus on different activities of the Jamiat. Uh, the Jamiat has, you know, diverse uh, portfolios, and we will look at uh, all those portfolios in detail. Thirdly, we hope to publish a centenary magazine that will highlight the 100-year journey of Jamiatul Ulama, that will speak about those uh, who contributed and founded the organization, and will also uh, look at sister organizations who have an association with uh, the Jamiatul Ulama. We also plan to host a banquet for the various Jamaats that are affiliated to the Jamiat and for the donors of the Jamiat to acknowledge their contribution and participation. We derive our identity from the communities that we serve. And therefore, at this banquet, we hope to, inshallah, launch a work fund for the Jamiat, uh, which will contribute to long-term sustainability of the Jamiat. We also plan to have several jalsas at the provincial level, going out to the various uh, provinces uh, in order to bring the Jamiat to the people. And these Jalsas will primarily focus on, uh, you know, the activities of the Jamiat, the history of the Jamiat, the founding fathers of the Jamiat, and the, the, act, uh, the, the, the vision of the Jamiat as we uh, move or navigate the future. And the centenary will, inshallah, culminate with uh, the AGM, the annual, uh, annual general meeting, at which we hope to have uh, international guests uh, who will talk about uh, the Jamiat, its activities, and its functions. Respected listeners, you are listening to Radio Islam International with myself, Ubaidullah Boja. Generally, this, this segment is done with the ulama profile, where we profile an alim. This evening, it's, it's uniquely different, where we're profiling an entire group of ulama known as the Jamiatul Ulama. And with us, we have two guests, Morana Ibrahim Bam, Morana Yusuf Patel, both of them speaking on a whole host of topics that we are posing towards them. Uh, closer to the end of the program, we have a clip of Marana Ayub Sabkachwi, Marana Basabjina, which will be played so that the listeners can get an understanding of the leadership of the organization. Marana Ibrahim Bam, you made mention of uh, the founding members of 1923, then 1935, and then the 1950s of the first uh, constitution, etc. Who are some of these founding fathers of this august in organization known as the Jamiatul Ulama? 
Jazakallah for that. It's uh, so interesting. Uh, what it seems that uh, when Jamiat started off in 1923, the one name that seems to um, very greatly highlighted uh, from the historical evidence that we have. And alhamdulillah, I must say, there's some remarkable historical evidence that we will, during the course of our social media tweets when we do highlight some of the activities of the Jamia. Just to give an example, uh, way before people were active politically, in 1938, uh, the Jamia Transvaal, that time there was no, you know, emails, there was no uh, different ways of communication. So the means of tel- telecommunication, the means of communication, that time was telegrams. So we sent a telegram. The Jamia Transvaal in 1938, sent telegrams to Muslim countries, to the League of Nations, showing concern on the Palestinian problem. Subhanallah. Making mention that the, the influx of a foreign and a migrant community in the heart of Palestine is designed to rid the indigenous people of Palestine of their rights and of their land. In 1938, at that time, the Jamaat al had sent telegrams to the League of Nations, to all the, the kings of the Muslim countries, uh, Saudi Arabia, Iraq, Egypt, expressing concern. So it tells you that the ulama at that time were in some way already starting to think, uh, you know, much more wider. But when you look at the, the ulama, Mawlana Muhammad Waliullah was the alim that spearheaded the original founding of the organization. Thereafter came quite a few ulama who were very uh, instrumental. While they were there, it seemed they were with Mawlana Muhammad Waliullah in the beginning, they revived the organization to a greater degree with greater activities in 1935. So among them was Mawlana Ismail Kachwi, right? Mawlana Ismail Yusuf Gardi, the father of uh, Mawlana Abdul Rahman Gardi and Mawlana Said Gardi, Mawlana Muhammad Akhwaya, Mawlana Suleiman Anandwi, Mawlana Saleh Mangera, which I think is the father of Marhum Mawlana Salim Mangera, uh, and Mawlana Ismail Nana, uh, who was later on uh, the children of Mawlana Ismail Nana, established the M.I. Nana bookshop, which is still running in the Oriental Plaza. And then, of course, among them, the one of the most uh, famous who was very instrumental was Mawlana Muhammad Musa Mia, who seemed to be a central figure in the refounding of the Jamiat and reviving the Jamiat. What is interesting, uh, which I found very interesting, was that in 1953, was at that particular time, uh, there was a constitution that was drawn to give uh, a greater degree of religious guidance. So the religious guidance was there. However, in the time of the religious guidance uh, to become more effective, you found a situation of them trying to uh, formalize uh, the, the organization. So the first uh, constitution was in 1953. So the 1953 constitution lists the following office bearer. Office bearers, Chairman Molana Muhammad Musa Mia, Vice Chairman were two, Mufti Ibrahim Sanjalwi Rahmatullah Ali, Molana Ismail Italwi, and we say Rahmatullah Ali to all of these great stalwarts, Secretary Molana Ismail Nana, the Vice Secretary, uh, or the Assistant Secretary, the time was known as the, the Vice Secretary, Molana Musa Bamji, Treasurer 
Mulana Fakhruddin Dabeli. And um, if memory serves me correct, he's the father of Mulana Shabir Fakhruddin. And the Mufti, there were two Muftis. Mufti Ibrahim Sanjalwi and Mulana Muhammad Said Uni. So that was the 1953 constitution list these office bearers which I've mentioned. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Jazakallah so much for that. Well, Yusuf Patel, a question for you. You know, you know my link with the Jamiatul Ulama is, I think of it was many, many years ago when I was probably five, six, seven, eight. At that time, my father would, uh, you know, when it was time for Ramadan and Eid, we would sit on the phone and dial continuously to the head office till you got through. And when you got through, you would ask them regarding was the moon sighted or not. Sometimes he would leave someone at home and he said, okay, you must come with them uh, when they when you get through to them you know so so that time it was very different to today broadcasts etc so so my question to you Morana Yusuf is that uh, the the Jamiat things have changed tremendously technology communication etc uh, compared to many may, many years ago probably even 20 or 30 years ago what are some of the core functions currently that the Jamiat is involved in and inshallah the, the other ones would come in the history but just currently what does the Jamiatul Ulama do if it was posed to one of the members of the organization Bismillahirrahmanirrahim I think you are absolutely correct in stating that we operate in a very different environment as compared to 20, 30 or 50 years ago and therefore, the mission of any organization has to be reviewed from time to time in view of the ever-changing circumstances. Our challenge as a Jamiatul Ulama is to regularly review the services we offer based on the ever-changing circumstances, but more importantly, how do we retain the ethos, the character, and the spirit of the organization which was founded by such great luminaries? So to understand the current function of the Jamiat, perhaps the mission statement of the Jamiat as it stands will best display what the Jamiat does. And I, uh, it reads as follows to provide for the spiritual, that's one, two, religious, three, educational, four, social, five, economic, six, moral, and political needs and responsibilities of the community. That's the sta uh, mission statement, to provide for the spiritual, religious, educational, social, economic, moral, and political needs and responsibilities of the community. Now, in order to manage such, a diver, uh, such diverse core functions, the Jamiatul Ulama has uh, 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 you know, several departments. One, is it has a social department, and the social department deals with a host of social issues, marriage, divorce, uh, business disputes, addiction, uh, you know, whatever social ills there are in society. Uh, we have a uh, department that deals 
with the social ills and uh, you know tries to help and assist people going through uh, uh, a social trauma. Then we have the welfare wing, and the welfare wing deals with your provision of financial assistance uh, to the indigenous or to pe people who are poverty-stricken, can't meet, uh, uh, you know, payment of rental, water and lights, or can't put food on the table, or who are simply overwhelmed by debt. Then thirdly, we have the Iftar department managed by several muftis and uh, they deal and they answer questions and queries uh, throughout the year. The flagship of the Jamiat uh, from its, uh, from its uh, time of existence right now was Talim to provide education and the Talim includes uh, the development of the curricular teacher development, uh, uh, conducting oral and written examinations, etc. Number five, we have the media desk, uh, which is responsible to issue media statements, to engage with media, to engage with editors, etc. Number six is we have the Dawawal Irshad department that deals with uh, Jamiat publications, uh, the posters that you see on the mosque boards, the booklets that are printed by the Jamiat, the programs that are uh, organized by the Jamiat, uh, all are, are managed by the Dawawal Irshad department. Number seven is the Hilal coordination of the moon sighting. Uh, and this uh, department plugs in to the National uh, Hilal Committee under the auspices of the United Ulama Council of South Africa. Number eight is international relief, uh, where you know uh, we have teams going out in the various hotspots around the globe to see how we can assist. Number nine is we have the Jamia. Uh, 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 that uh, provides higher education where pupils come to stu uh, study to become uh, ulama. Ten is we have the counseling services, um, men uh, by women, for women, uh, and they provide an invaluable service uh, to uh, women uh, more specifically. And and number 11 is we have what is called the MMAC, uh, which Jamiat uh, coordinates, that is the Muslim Mediation and Arbitration Council. It is an alternate dispute resolution forum. Instead of going to court, people are encouraged to come to the MMAC. Uh, they are lawyers, they are ulama. You can get a resolution to your problems based on uh, or uh, consistent with Islamic law. So, the, uh, you know, these are 11 uh, departments in a nutshell. Each department may have subdivisions within them, which will, we will, inshallah, discuss at subsequent radio programs. And uh, the Jamiat currently has a approximate staff, I think, of 80 uh, people and has six branches in the various provinces uh, carrying out these services.
really truly it is a great favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that an organization like this exists in serving the needs of the people it is something really we, we, we don't always understand it because we haven't seen the absence of it but when you speak to people in other countries that don't have this networking and this organization they emphasize the importance of it because they understand that the Muslim community running without it the difficulties and the challenges that they face it is our dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always keep the jamiat arrive and accept it and always use it for the service of humankind. Uh, Marana Bam, you've been in the organization for, for a very long time. Uh, there's so much interesting aspects we can speak about Marana's involvement at the jamiat. Uh, but Marana, some highlights, historical aspects within this time that just stand out for you as the Secretary General of the organization. Yes, Jazakallah for that is Allah tells us nothing of our own doing. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the opportunity. I've been with the Jamiat from 1986 and uh, I've seen some remarkable type of activities. Just one or two highlights without going into much details as we will be outlining some of the details during the course of the year. In 1960, Kari Tebsa came to South Africa and he saw that uh, madrasas were being run, the maktabs for which South Africa has become very famous and many people have imp- uh, followed South Africa in, in, in establishing Makatib, the primary madrasas in various parts of the world. So he felt that the syllabus that is done, everyone had their own syllabus. Uh, he organized the syllabus to be one syllabus that was run under the Jamaat Al-Matranzwan at that time in the 1960s. Uh, in the height of the apartheid, Jamiat played a role in a couple of things. One was to establish the sacredness of the masajid. Uh, the masajid, as we know, are waqaf that can never be uh, demolished at any time. And the Jamiat played a role at that particular time to have the then government, despite all its um, uh, oppression and injustice, uh, to, to accept the sacredness of the masajid and the masajid would not be destroyed. Uh, so even with all the other uh, type of injustice that was carried on, uh, they established the sacredness of the masajid, that the masajid cannot be touched. Uh, then also, the aspect of Juma. You now there was public schools that uh, Juma, uh, they, they do not give off at the time of Juma. Uh, the Jamaatul Ruma, uh, especially when the Lanesia branch started, uh, they ran a campaign and were successful in that campaign to have uh, public schools closed at a time where Juma could be performed by the Muslim students. Uh, that again was one of the things that the Jamiat uh, played a very important role. Uh, the Kadiani case was a very, very interesting time. That was at a time when I just started off in the Jamiat. And today I still have a regret that, you know, I never joined that case because it was a very, very uh, historical time. Many, many great ulama came. Uh, the, the then president of Pakistan, General Ziaul Haq, uh, was asked to, to assist in this matter because uh, the matter was heard in the courts in South Africa. And he sent a very big delegation, a delegation which included many great ulama, many great judges from Pakistan, which included Mufti Taqi Usmani, and many others ulama who came, uh, who came here to provide expert evidence on the Qadiani issue, why the ulama, they regard the Qadianis out of the fold of Islam. They do not regard them to be Muslims. It was heard in the court, and eventually... Uh, the Supreme Court in, in Bloemfontein uh, then gave uh, a, a very great historical judgment 
that the hierarchy and the theologians of a religion have the right to declare someone whom they feel that their teachings are not in accordance with the scriptures of the religion out of the fall of Islam, you know, out of the fall of the religion. So that was a very interesting. I remember there were 23 people and 23 ulama, Mona Yusuf Lujanmi, Mufti Taqi Usmani, Mona, I think we are not mistaken, Abdul Rahim Ashar, many ulama judges came. You know, uh, they they came and they 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 were they were, they came and they gave expert evidence. So that was another very interesting. Uh, one of the things that was also very uh, you know interesting was that uh, the Jamiat in in conjunction with some uh, very well intentioned uh, Muslim attorneys and lawyers uh, went to court to interdict the Sunday Times at that time. To, to print a cartoon, which um, uh, they intended to print, although later on they said they'd never had an intention to do so. But at that time, uh, the Muslim judge uh, who heard the case, uh, Muhammad Jajbai, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for his cover was not took a very brave stance to say that it is an affront to the dignity of Muslims for this particular cartoon to be published. And uh, it is part of the Constitution that the right of dignity is part of the Constitution. So, yes, these are some of the milestones that was achieved by, by the Jamiat ulama. Maulana, we say Jazakallah to you as well as Maulana Yusuf Patel for just opening up the conversation. I'm sure there's so much more that will be done throughout the year, highlighting historical aspects, services, individuals, etc. It is our dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take the organization as the Jamiat from strength to strength. May people always benefit from it and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always protect the organization. That was both Morana Yusuf Patel. Morana serves as Secretary of Uksa as well as an executive member of the Jamiatul Ulama. Morana Ibrahim Bam is an executive member of Uksa as well as Morana serves as the Secretary General of the Jamiatul Ulama. Both senior ulama of the organization, they're just giving insight with regards to the centenary, the history of the organization, just a little bit of droplets of what it transpired. Inspired. Be rest assured there's much that has been planned for this year. It will be started, starting to be rolled out from next week, Monday, inshallah. Post will be given, uh, information will be dispersed. And there are many things. It is our dua that Allah take this organization from stand to stand. May Allah use us for the service of deen. You know, one of the... Uh, lines of the organization when we used to play the ads on Radio Islam is serving Allah by serving His creation. And may it always be that we are able to serve the Ummah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We leave you now with two very important clips. Please do listen to it. It, it really, it is the heart of the organization. And that is Morana Abbas Jina giving a bit of advice and a bit of background as Morana had recalled some of his experiences as well as Morana Ayub Kachwi giving some of his experiences as well. Morana Ibrahim Bam had made mention of Morana Ismail Kachwi, that is actually Morana Ayub Sab's father, who was part of the organization already in 1935. Let's take a listen to these clips, inshallah. Uh, it's of the two senior ulama of the organization, the Amir and the Naib Amir, and many, many more programs throughout the year, inshallah, will be broadcasted on Radio Islam, on the social media, as well as live programs at the masjid as well. We do request your du'as, inshallah. Please do stay tuned.
بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد الحمد لله on behalf of the Jamaat Ulama South Africa previously known as Jamaat Ulama Transvaal I have been asked to say a few words regarding this organization Alhamdulillah, Jamit Ulama today is celebrating its hundred years in existence. In 1923, Hazrat Maulana Waliullah was stationed in Rodiput, had always this feeling that the community requires constructive, constructive organization as far as education is concerned and welfare of the community. And for that purpose, he very sincerely thought that the ulama are the people who can deliver this important aspect of the Muslim family life. So in 1923, he established Jamit Ulama Transvaal together with some of the ulama that were there in the country at that time. We know for the fact that the ulama that came were stationed in various parts of the country and more so in a Transvaal right up to Mozambique. Maulana Waliullah Rahmatullah after establishing Jamit Ulama in 1923, unfortunately he had he left the country and he went back home in Kathor where he passed away. But because the work had started, some of the ulama carried on, but unfortunately in between there was a lull period where the activities had come to a stop. In the 1930s, some of the ulama got together and decided to work together and form a proper syllabus so that a proper education could be given to the children. People like Maulana, Marhum Ismail Kachwi, Maulana Fakhruddin Rahmatullah Maulana Ismail Nana, Maulana Muhammad Ekhalwaya, Maulana Muhammad Mia, Maulana Ibrahim Sanjalvi Rahmatullah they all got together and they formulated a proper syllabus. And this was consolidated in 1948 
when Waterfall Islamic Institute was established. This syllabus in turn was reviewed in the 1950s under the guidance of our late Hazrat Maulana Ahmad Hatunani Rahmatullah Ali. Once again, the ulama constructively sat down to review the syllabus, and in 1961, when the late Qadi Tayyab Sab, Rahmatullah Alayh, was the principal of Dalum Deoban, visited our country, they sat down with him and discussed and took guidance from him regarding the syllabus, maktab syllabus for the country. Under his guidance, the Jamiat undertook to formulate a Talimi board under whom the, all the Madaris will work. Waterfall Islamic Institute undertook to work under the Jamiat as far as the Talim is concerned and they took the responsibility of bringing all the Makatibs together with one common syllabus which the country, which the community graciously accepted. In 1994, the Talimi board came directly under the wing of the Jamiat and Alhamdulillah, it has, be, it has been the flagship of the organization since then. As far as the Makatibs are concerned, at that time, in 1994, a big question arose because our syllabus and our text, most of our textbooks were in Urdu, that because Urdu and Gujarati is no longer spoken in our homes, children don't speak Urdu, they don't speak Gujarati, and yet, our syllabus, our curriculum is in Urdu. Lot of meetings had taken place and eventually it was decided that we should translate, we should bring our syllabus, our curriculum into English. A committee was set up and people were chosen to go into this regarding the various subjects that we teach in which we have in our curriculum like Quran, Tajweed, Surah, uh, Surahs learned for Salah, Duas learned for Salah and etc. Fiqh Haqqaid, Hadith, 
So all this was translated into the English language. When this it comes to mind, when this debate was taking place, whether we should have our textbooks in English, we had in our country Hazrat Mufti Mahmoud Sahib Gangohi Rahmatullah and advice was taken from him. His advice was that if you are going to teach the children in a language which they don't understand, then after some time they will forget whatever they have learned and it will pay no dividends in the end. So under his guidance, we undertook to translate this whole series into the English language. Alhamdulillah, today the Jamiat is servicing over 147 makatibs throughout the old Transvaal and the new, new dispensation in the country. We have the Talimi board, together we have a supervisory board which goes and supervises all these madaris on a daily basis. Alhamdulillah also we find that because we have undertaken sin merely sincerely for the sake of Allah Ta'ala that this Tasheel series which you have before us is accepted worldwide. Countries like Bosnia, Kosovo, Britain, the Emirates, Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, America, they are using the Tasheel series which is presented by the Jamiat Ulama Talimi Board. Alhamdulillah, we find that many countries have translated the Tasheel series into their languages. For instance, into Spanish, into the Albanian language, into the Portuguese language, and few other languages, the kitabs have been translated and being used. Alhamdulillah, we find that there was a situation in Britain where the government wanted certain things to be implemented and they found that the seal series to be adversely against the norm of which the British government wanted. With the result that they were not keen to use the Tasheel series, but Alhamdulillah, after it being reviewed by the experts, it was found that the Tasheel series was the ideal curriculum for our school-going children, whether in Britain or whether in any other part of the country.
of the world, sorry. So alhamdulillah, we find that the Jamiat Ulama Transwal, or today it is known as Jamiat Ulama South Africa, we are sincerely and ardently working towards the benefit of the community and Allah Ta'ala accept this effort of ours and make it a means of success in this world and in the Akhirah. Wa akhirah da'wana alhamdulillah rabbi Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, summa alhamdulillah. We can never thank Allah Ta'ala enough for all his favors upon us. Not only the physical favors, but spiritually Allah Ta'ala gave us the deen of Islam to live by wherever we are, however we are. Muslims in this part of the world, I'm referring to the southern tip of Africa, came in the 1500s when the Muslim slaves were brought from the Far East Malaysia, Indonesia, and so on, by the Dutch people to the Cape. Among them were ulama who kept Islam going, alhamdulillah. There were slaves that came that were also Muslims, alhamdulillah. And Islam was kept alive. That was the first stage of Islam coming in South Africa and getting get getting foothold in the country. In the 1800s, when the British were ruling in certain parts of South Africa, you must remember that the Dutch government was also ruling in part of Africa and the British were in part of South Africa. So, and the British were also ruling in India. In the mid-80s, when the British government brought Indian indentured labor to South Africa from India, among the people that came, there were also learned people, and Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala brought Islam into this country so those people who came as laborers, alhamdulillah, Islam was slowly established in the 1800s, the late 1800s, 1880s. And as time went, alhamdulillah, we must thank Allah that Allah Ta'ala had given the tawfiq to the, to the Muslims wherever they went. The first thing they did is to try and establish Islam. And when they came into South Africa, the same thing happened. And we find the early Muslims that came here, the one of their main concerns was how to remain Muslims and how to see that our progeny will be Muslims, will remain Muslims. So we find in the early 1900s already, 
They were ulama, brought people that came from, uh, uh, people that came from uh, Western India, from Gujarat and Katyawal and so on. They mostly came as, as traders. They were the free Indians. Free, free, uh, they did not come under, under in, as indentured labor. But those people who came as business people, they always made sure they brought, they brought, made arrangement to safeguard their deen. And they brought ulama, and ulama came and established slowly, slowly, teaching the children and so on. And as time went by, and more Muslims came, and more people, uh, children were, uh, were also born. So the need for madrasas was felt. And in the early 1900s, we find a lot of dini activity, madrasas carrying on. There was a person by the name of Maulana Waliullah, who was a very active alim, <coughs> from Gujarat who came to South Africa. When he came here and he saw, he saw the need to bring the ulama together and have some um, organized, united effort for the sake of deen. He had, he had, while here he had established some institutes and he had some schools. But the main thing what he did was he established the Jamiatul Ulama of Transvaal in the year 1923. And the Jamiatul Transvaal was established to, in order to get the activities of the ulama more organized and to the, the need of the Muslim community to be looked after by the ulama, the spiritual needs, the educational needs of the, of the community. So the, this organization, the Jamiatul Ulama Transvaal, was established in 1923 by Mohanan Allah and a few other ulama. By that time, <coughs> alhamdulillah, the, there were already some of South African uh, born the Muslims that had gone to India to, to study. And, when they came back in the 1920s, uh, the late 1920s, alhamdulillah, the activities increased. And by that time, in many parts of the Transvaal, uh, the madrasas, every town had an alim, had a masjid, there was one of Maulana teaching children and so on. So all those, during the Jamiatul Ulama, and under the Jamiatul Ulama, all the ulama, all those ulama uh, worked together. Alhamdulillah, today, in 2023, it is exactly a hundred years that Mawlana Waliullah established Jamiatul Ulama Transvaal. After he, Mawlana Waliullah, after establishing and, and doing some work, he was uh, a very active person. We find in his history that he moved from here. He, while he was here, he had been to Saudi Arabia. He had been the, the he had been the guest of the king in Saudi Arabia at that time. And and we, those those were the days when the when 
the British was fighting Muslims in the Middle East and there was a lot of, uh, in the Palestine and so on, and there was a lot of uh, uh, Muslims were in a lot of difficulty. And so the Jamiatul Ulama at that time already came forward in, and, to, and condemned the activities of certain Western countries against the Muslims in the Middle East. There is records of the Jamiatul Ulama Transvaal's uh, activities in those years. But the main activity of the Jamiatul Ulama Transvaal because of the ulama was the education of the children. Jamiatul Ulama in those years was, was in Johannesburg. The main ulama were in Johannesburg and that is where the work was carrying on from. Between 1923 and 1935, we find the work of the, we don't find much uh, records of the activities. Besides just the, the primary education carrying on and so on, we don't find any organized activity of the Jamir Ulama really. But by 19, the early 1930s, quite a few ulama had come in from Gujarat, and from other parts of India and they had established and Muslims that came earlier had already established massages everywhere in Natal, in Transvaal, in uh, Mozambique and so on and they had, they had ulama there so in the early 19th, uh, 1930s the ulama that were stationed more in the Transvaal area got together and said that the, we should have a more organized activity. So the Jamiatul Ulama Transvaal, that was the activities that had slowed down and was sort of inactive for a while in the early 1930s. People, the ulama that we had at that time, Walana, Ismail Kachwi, Mawlana Fakhruddin, Abdullah Ali, Mawlana and other ulama, Mawlana Muhammad Mia, Mawlana Ibrahim Sanjali, Rahmatullah Ali. All these people came together and they revived or reactivated the activities of the Jamiat in a more organized fashion. And Alhamdulillah, since that time, the Jamiat has been serving the Muslim community in a more active way. The main, the thrust of the activity of the Jamiat ulama has been Islamic, edu Muslim, Islamic education of the Muslim children. Besides that, the Jamiat ulama later on, we find in the time of uh, the apartheid, the Jamiat ulama had to take part had to get involved in political issues also. When the Group Areas Act came along and the Masajid were being affected, the Jamil Ulama stood up and, uh, and fought for the safeguarding of Masajid. Otherwise, the, according to the Group Areas Act, most Muslims that were, recently, that were removed from an area, their Masajid would have been demolished. But most, because of the Jamiat ulama's 
uh, activities and Jamiatullah Nawaz approach to the government. Eventually the government agreed and said that we will not touch the Muslim Masajid. So the, the, and later on many other political activities also Jamiatullah Nawaz was established, was, was involved. Alhamdulillah, with the help of Allah now it is 100 years and Alhamdulillah, Jamiat Ulama is still going strong. Those ulama that served Allah Ta'ala uh, reward them and Allah Ta'ala fill the, the graves with nur and Allah. They kept the Jamiat Ulama alive and today, Alhamdulillah, Jamiat Ulama Ta'ala in the last 30, 40 years, 50 years has done so much for the the Muslim community, not only in South Africa, but in other countries as well. In education, as well as other other areas as well. When there was a need in certain countries, where there was a famine, or there were, there were floods, or there were, there was, there was a need. Jabir Ulama always stood as a I remember in the early, uh, in the 90s, uh, South Africa sent a ship full of uh, uh, needs, clothing and food and so on to Bangladesh at that time when there was a, a huge, uh, uh, this thing there and people were in need at that time. Alhamdulillah. Besides that, in, in, in the uh, 70s, Jabitullah uh, was also involved in Somalia in doing welfare work and relief work there. Allah Ta'ala has kept the, the organization alive and Allah Ta'ala has kept the ulama, given the ulama the the courage and Alhamdulillah ulama carry on with the work. May Allah Ta'ala reward all the ulama of the past that have given their time and their efforts to serve the Muslim community in whichever, whichever way and serve Islam in, that, in whichever way. Alhamdulillah in South Africa, Allah Ta'ala we, we make dua that Allah Ta'ala keep the Jamiat ulama not only this hundred years but for, for many hundred, many centuries to come. The, the service of the Jamiat ulama should continue. The Madaris, the Makati, whatever we see here in this country, it started with the, with the Jamiat ulama and Alhamdulillah. Today, we, we, South Africa has become self-sufficient as far as ulama is concerned, we don't have to go overseas to qualify ulama. We have Darul Ulooms here. <coughs> there was a time when, in order to study, get advanced Islamic studies, everybody had to go to other countries, to either to Egypt or to South or South to India or Pakistan. But today, Alhamdulillah, that is that is not the case. When now people are coming to South Africa from all over the world. Alhamdulillah, the Jamiatul Ulama 
makes dua that Allah Ta'ala help us uh, keep serving the, the Ummah, keep serving Islam as we have done in the past. Thank you.